Welcome everybody. Okay, some of you are here for the whole month or the whole retreat, and some of you are here for perhaps a week or so. But in any case, it is relatively short. Even when there was a monk, was a practicing monk, and he said, three years of monkhood is nothing. <laughs> so I want to speak of one month. So I'd like you to take this period seriously, but that doesn't mean that you have to meditate seriously. Right? Don't be so serious or face look so unhappy. You know? Remember that meditation is one of the factors of awakening is joy. So we are not trying to meditate to suffer more. But in any case, that doesn't mean that in meditation you will not meet with suffering. That's part of the practice. We are not trying to meditate to be happy. We are not trying to make ourselves happy. Neither are we trying to make ourselves sad. We are meditating to understand things as they are. Now to meditate, it's certainly very important to know what meditation is about. First let me say what it is not about. It is not an effort to get something. Ultimately, it's, it's for the sake of letting go, but we cannot let go just because we want to. Letting go happens easily when there is understanding. So we are meditating to understand. We are not trying to make ourselves happy, we are not trying to make the mind calm down. Of course, we are also not trying to make ourselves unhappy, make ourselves worse. But whatever situation that you are in right at this moment, that moment is okay. Whatever mental state that you are in at that moment is okay. First thing first is to accept whatever is happening at this moment, to acknowledge, to accept. Then only you can observe. Then only understanding is possible, not before that. So as my teacher would teach, most important thing is to have this right idea, right view, that whatever is happening in any of your six sense doors, in the seeing, the hearing, the smelling, tasting, touching, in the cognizing, or feeling, whatever happens, that's okay, and that's just nature. They happen because there are causes and conditions for them to happen. And I like to say it's just like the rain and the wind and sunshine. It happens because there are conditions for them to happen. There's no point cursing the rain for happening. And the same way, since whatever happens to us are also a matter of causes and conditions, also nature, there's no need to curse it, there's no need to condemn it, there's no need to blame yourself for it. There's no need to reject it. But we recognize, we recognize things as they are. We recognize, oh, this is an unpleasant feeling, this is a pleasant feeling, we recognize that. We are not trying to make ourselves stupid. In fact, meditation is about making ourselves more intelligent. We recognize things as they are, and because we are not busy trying to get rid of things, we are also not busy trying to get something. We can 
observe things to understand them. So let us try this, this practice of awareness. Let's put your palms together. Even those who have tried before, just put your palms together. Do you feel that your palms are touching each other? Do you need to make a strong effort to do that? Do you need to try very hard to know how it feels? Is it necessary? So that's all the effort that you need. Put your palms down now. You have been hearing. You have ears that are working, I believe. But do you know that you are hearing? Anyone who have functioning ears can hear. But does the person know that he is hearing? Are you hearing? If you notice that you are hearing, you will notice a lot of things. You don't just notice my voice. What else do you hear? <laughs> yeah. But if you are not really watching your hearing, you're not really conscious of hearing yourself, you're paying more attention to what I'm talking about. You don't hear the fan, right? Well, your ear hears it, but your mind doesn't hear it, right? So that's the difference. Let's try another one. Your eyes are open, right? Does it see? So do you know that you're seeing? Anyone with working eyes and they're open, they can see, right? But to know that you're seeing is something else. So that quality of knowing is what we want to cultivate. It is different from the ordinary knowing, uh, yeah, I know I'm where going and all that. It's different from that. Usually our attention is into what we see, what we hear. In fact, that's not even completely correct. Our attention is more into what we think we see and what we think we hear. The concepts of those things. I hear a car, I hear a bird, I see a man, I see a woman, a dog, a tree. The eyes don't see a man or a dog or a tree. The eyes only see colors. It is a mind that conceptualizes and has this idea of this is a man, this dog is a tree. And that's okay. We are not meditating to get rid of cognitive ability. We are not trying to make our minds unable to think. Long time ago, I used to think that's what I'm supposed to do. Don't think. I really tried hard not to think. <laughs> For those of you who have the idea that you need to not think, for this retreat I'm telling you, think. <laughs> but I don't mean think about nonsense. Think about the practice. Think about how to practice. Use your intelligence to help you to practice. We are not trying to meditate to make ourselves go dumb dumb, really. There are three kinds of intelligence. One is a derived intelligence, or you can say that's information, which I'm trying to provide you. And another one is the intelligence that you have, you that you use with the information that you received. You need to use this intelligence to practice. How to practice when I'm walking? How do I practice when I'm sitting? How to practice when I'm eating? 
how to practice when I'm in the toilet, how to practice when I'm lying down, how to practice when I'm listening. This is the intelligence that we need to use. We also use this intelligence to ask intelligent questions. A simple one would simply be, am I aware? Is the body relaxed? And for some people, maybe they would ask the questions, what's happening now? Using these questions to prompt the mind to check, to notice, to be aware. This is necessary. Otherwise, if you just sit down and just observe your breath, after a while it gets a bit boring. And then what happens when you are not interested? What happens? Your mind drifts off, right? It's like this, if you are listening to a lecture, or listening to somebody speaking, and you don't find it very interesting, what happens? What happens? Your mind starts to think about something else, right? He'll make up his own stories. He'll think about the past, the future, or some fantasy. <laughs> uh, something that's totally created. So that's the nature of the mind. Once it's not interested in this thing, then you'll find something else. Sometimes when you, the mind becomes very quiet, it seems like nothing is happening, the mind can also become uh, not interested. Then it starts to create images, entertain itself, you know, it's very boring. <laughs> So, to keep the mind alert, awake, and observing, we can use our intelligence to bring about interest, so that with this interest, the mind can observe continuously. There are no limits to the question that you can ask. The important thing is whether or not the question helps you to practice, helps you to keep observing, keep checking, keep noticing what's happening. So there are some of you who have not practiced with me or Bandhya Chitta before, perhaps you're not, not made by teacher as well, Seattle Tejaniya. Okay, let me just tell you a bit about what to do when you sit and walk. Otherwise, if I don't say, then you don't know what to do. Now, you can pay attention to your breath if you like to. And paying attention to the breath doesn't mean that you focus closely on one part of the body, whether it's the nose or the tummy. Perhaps better not to say paying attention to the breath because anapana means breathing. Paying attention to breathing. So as you breathe in, you know that you're breathing in. As you breathe out, you know you're breathing out. It's very simple. Not something complicated about trying to focus closely on something, trying to concentrate tightly on something. No. Just notice what's happening. If breathing happens to be obvious to you, then you can pay attention to that. If something else is more obvious, you can pay attention to that. You don't have to choose and fix your attention on any particular object. Because ultimately, the object of attention is not important. The important thing is not what you pay attention to. That's not the important thing. The important thing is the mind that is paying attention. In the sutta, when Buddha speaks about jhana, he doesn't speak about the object of jhana. He talks about the mental state. Because that's the important thing. So, we check our minds. How are we meditating? How are we practicing? 
my teacher would like to say. When you sit down, first thing to do is not to observe your breathing. In fact, it's not even to check whether or not your body is relaxed. <laughs> first thing is to check your attitude. Why are you sitting down? Because other people are also doing it? Because you want to get something? Because of what? Because if you sit down with a wrong attitude, like, okay, this time when I'm sitting down, I'm going to get into some state of bliss. Ah, you're in the wrong footing. Or you sit down and then, I have to sit again. (laughs) That's another attitude. You're also off. But whatever it is, even if you come in with the wrong attitude, it's still okay if you're conscious of it. If you know what attitude you're bringing into your practice. And you make sure you check that. Because if you don't, that's going to drive you. If you're not conscious of your attitude, that attitude is like at the back of you and it's pushing you where it thinks you're supposed to be going. So we need to be conscious of the attitude so that the attitude is like we are not in front of the attitude, we are behind the attitude so we see it. Otherwise, we are here and the attitude is pushing us. The first thing to do is to check, why am I doing this? And sometimes the answer that comes out may not be something that you're happy about. But it's alright. And there's something for you to notice as well. So with this checking, we begin to notice things that we don't normally notice. Don't meditate like how you work. Well, I suppose I can't say everybody works like this. A lot of times people work like, you know, they just go with the motion. First you got to do this, then you do that, you did. Relatively, not many people would stop and check what they're doing. If you want to do things effectively, you stop at times to check. Hey, what am I doing? Why am I doing this? If we don't stop and check, what we will naturally do is simply play out whatever programs that we already have in mind. All the old programs. So, but if we can stop and check, and we are not being pushed, we are conscious of whatever programs that are there, then we observe them. So sitting down is just not just about watching the breath. It can be a whole lot of things. So don't have a fixed idea of how things are supposed to be. I'm sitting down here, okay, I'm going to sit for one hour, I'm going to sit maybe after half an hour, I'm going to get into deep bliss, and I will have stayed like that for half an hour. Who knows, maybe five minutes later, you feel a lot of pain in your leg, and you feel like getting up. You don't know. But if in your mind, you fix with the idea of, I'm going to sit for half an hour, no matter what, now that no matter what, that's a dangerous word, (laughs) no matter what, then you set yourself up for a lot of suffering. Never mind one hour later. You don't know what's going to happen. Maybe earthquake might happen. <laughs> you only know now. We only know this moment. This is the only moment for us to know. That's all. It doesn't mean don't plan, but all those planning are happening right this moment. 
So just sit. Don't try to get something. Also, don't try to get rid of anything. Again, we are not trying to make ourselves happy. If you meditate to try to make yourself happy, you can make yourself very, very unhappy. Whatever happens, just take it as it is. Acknowledge, recognize, observe. It would be a whole lot easier and you remind yourselves whatever happens is just nature. Like the wind, like the rain, just nature. In that way, we don't take things personally. And in that way, it's much easier to observe. Okay, what about walking? Just find a place, wherever you like, and just walk up and down. In Bali, the word is called chankama. Chankama means to walk up and down. It's not walking yeah, like this way, alright? Don't walk in circles like this. No matter how bored you feel you are, if you feel bored, watch the boredom. Don't walk in circles. Remember, your job is not to walk or sit or put yourself in any posture. Your job is to watch what's happening. Sitting is not going to bring you awakening. Walking is not going to bring you awakening. It's the observing of the mind. So it's not about the posture. We use this posture. Why do I sit? Well, I've walked too long already. The body can't handle walking anymore, so I sit. Why, why do I get up? Well, perhaps it comes to a certain point. It's no longer suitable for this body to maintain this sitting posture. So I get up. There's nothing about the sitting that's going to bring me enlightenment. It's helpful though. It's helpful that some people find sitting to be, find that easier for the mind to settle, to be calmer. But that's not the point. If they find the mind more settled, then notice that it's just so. If you find the mind agitated, you notice as well. And perhaps you also notice how come. Why? So there are no hard and fast rules about how things are supposed to be in your meditation. You cannot have hard and fast rules. Because there are a lot of things that happen beyond what you can know. You can only know what's happening right here, right now as the things are. So when you walk, you can walk up and down. If you like, you can stand. Or if you're really, really tired, you can lie down. Lie down doesn't mean go to sleep. It means lie down. So all these postures are just something that we use. They are not the purpose for which we meditate. You might find somebody sitting down, upright, eyes closed, and you might think, wow, that person can meditate so well. You don't know me having a fantasy. I see a person walking, then who knows? He may be observing a whole lot of things and understanding a whole lot of things. Ah, one point I'd like to point out is that I highly recommend that you sit with your eyes open. Don't sit with your eyes closed. You can try closing sometimes and open sometimes, but do learn how to practice with your eyes open. Eyes open doesn't mean that you don't blink. You know, I mean, just normally, like as in now, you are listening to me. Can you be aware? Can you be aware of how your body feels right now as you're listening? Can you be aware that you are hearing? 
Can you be aware that you are seeing? Perhaps not at the same time. Right? In the beginning, when awareness is not very strong or very powerful, it sort of knows only certain one or two things at a certain time. But as it grows stronger and stronger, then it can know many things at the same time. I like to use the analogy of the floodlight. We're not trying to practice like a torchlight. Some people try to practice like a laser beam, you know. We're not trying to practice that kind of meditation. What we want is the awareness that is wide. So when you don't focus on any particular thing, it might seem that, oh, it's not very clear. That's okay. Again, it is not the object of attention that's important. It is the mind that is paying attention. How is it observing? Is it agitated? Is there some kind of wanting there? Or some aversion there? That is the important thing to check. So if it's not clear, it's alright. Just check one most important thing. Are you aware? And how you are being aware? And this can happen when you are sitting, walking, eating, listening, lying down, bathing, or you are in urinating, defecating, it's the same. So that's more important than anything else. So with this awareness that you continue to have, just like the floodlight, as the power is, is kept on, becomes brighter and brighter and brighter. And you can see many things at the same time. You can be knowing that you're hearing and you're knowing you're seeing, knowing that you're thinking, in the beginning, yes, it's not so easy to know many things at the same time. You can be knowing just one or two and that's fine. But try, try to be aware with your eyes open. Because I notice for myself and I notice for many people, we meditate with our eyes closed, there can be a lot of problems. Like, you'll be sleepy. You'll tend to be more sleepy. Uh, find people after a while, they start to nod. Or the mind will... Imagine a lot of things, there are a lot of thoughts. Not just thoughts, but they are actually daydreams, because you are not aware. And if for some people who have a lot of illnesses in the body, a lot of unpleasant feelings, with your eyes closed, with the attention taken away from sight, then pain becomes very obvious. Unpleasant feelings become very obvious. Then you might find it harder for you finding it harder for your mind to be stable. And the other thing is that if we can practice with our eyes open, then we find that we can practice anywhere. In our lives, most of the time, we have to keep our eyes open, right? Anybody drives with your eyes closed? If we cannot learn how to practice meditation with our eyes open, then it is not very useful. You can't use it in your daily lives. When you want to be mindful, oh wait, I need to close my eyes first. So that wouldn't be the right idea. So try to practice with your eyes open. And by that I don't mean don't close your eyes at all. Sometimes I do close my eyes simply because it's tired. But if it's not tired, I keep my eyes open. Or at least I try to. Then with that, you learn more actually. 
there's a lot of dharma to be understood with the eyes open. What is seeing? What is this thing called seeing? That we call seeing? What happens when we see certain things that we like or don't like? How does the mind work with the seeing? There are lots of dharma to be understood there. As many times repeated in the text, especially in one place called the Salayatana Samyutta, the Buddha talk about understanding the seeing, the hearing, the smelling, the tasting, the touching, the cognizing, or the knowing. We understand all these, and not just to understand just breathing or rising, falling, that's all. No. All these six sense doors, things that arises with them, all these are to be understood. So regardless of our posture, there's no limit to what we can or cannot be aware of. Whatever arises, whatever notice happening, that is something to be aware of. And it doesn't have to be pleasant. And of course it doesn't have to be unpleasant as well. Whatever it is, it's okay. And if we can continue to practice like this, not rejecting things that we think shouldn't be happening, and not wanting things that we think should be happening, then the mind will become more stabilized. Then you can begin to see things as they are. Another thing I'd like to point out is, meditation is not supposed to be tiring. Sometimes people think about going for a one-month meditation retreat. Wow, if the mind thinks like that, then there's something wrong with the idea of meditation. Meditation is not supposed to make you more and more tired, more and more tense. If that's what happens, then it's really there's something wrong with the way you're practicing. You really need to check. If you're doing it right, you should feel more energized. You may not feel happy, but feel more energized. Certain times there will be unhappy things happening. So people who go for a long meditation retreat, they find themselves more and more energized, not the other way around. Assuming nothing else is causing and the body to lose energy. It's especially important for beginners. We're not trying to meditate to get something that we hear other people are getting. Wow, so and so get to understand this or especially when talk about oh I saw this and I saw that. Oh don't ever try to meditate to get those things. Even if it is really an insight. Our job is not to try to get that. If you think your job is try to get that, you won't get it. <laughs> Insights always, always happens when you least expect it. Always, it's always the case. Because expectation is one thing, it's craving. So when the mind is defiled, how to understand, how to have insights? That cannot happen. So it's not about trying to get what you hear other people saying. Even what they say are real insights, it's theirs. And no matter how you try to comprehend what they are saying, you cannot create that. And you can't even really understand it. When you really understand something, you will also understand that it is impossible for you to understand before that. Because it is not something that can be thought out. So don't try to get something. 
Are you here to try to get the Dhamma or are you trying to practice the Dhamma? Our attitude should be to practice, not to get. With the right practice, and naturally, you will get what the practice brings about. So you don't have to worry about the results. Just do the work, you get your salary at the end of the month. <laughs> okay, now there are books down there. If at any point of time at all you feel you need some inspiration, you can read. When you're reading, that should be also your practice. Are you aware as you read? Can you feel your hand touching the book? Can you notice your eyes seeing? Can you notice the mind thinking, trying to understand what it's saying? I'm just giving some suggestions. Don't try to do all of it at one go. <laughs> right? So if at any time at all you find that reading is actually causing you to lose awareness, then stop, stop. Same thing. Whether you're reading or you're eating or whatever, you find that however you're doing something, is something is just not balanced about it. Stop and check. Okay? I'll see you tomorrow.